You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. You've probably seen the video. This past July 4th, Facebook chief Mark Zuckerberg posted a wacky video featuring him deftly skimming along atop an electric surfboard on an idyllic-looking lake, toting the American flag as John Denver's anthem, Take Me Home Country Roads, plays as a soundtrack. Well, Zuckerberg isn't the only one that's been having fun on the water these days. Consumers looking for activities to help them stay occupied and healthy during the COVID-19 pandemic help drive explosive growth of outdoor categories like water sports equipment. One Canadian luxury brand that's aiming to redefine waterside sports and recreation is Bow Lake. Bow Lake builds human-powered products that get you around the water like vintage-inspired paddleboards and pedal boats. Bow Lake puts an emphasis on design, performance, and environmental responsibility. The co-founder and CEO of Bow Lake is my guest on the luxury item. Paul Lavoie launched Bow Lake in 2017 with a two-fold mandate to provide luxury waterside recreation products and to use its platform to assist water charities with their objectives. Paul is an entrepreneur, advertising executive, designer, film director, and a lover of lakes. Before starting Bow Lake, Paul was chairman, chief creative officer, and co-founder of marketing agency Taxi in Montreal, Canada, where he guided it to be a perennial awards contender. Throughout his 30-year advertising career, Paul has helped launch brands like BMW, Mini, Nike, and McDonald's. He has been honored with numerous awards for his outstanding contributions to advertising and design. Now his focus is building the Bow Lake brand into a global luxury reference. Welcome to the luxury item, Paul. Thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure yeah, th- to be here. Thank you for joining me. Um, where in Canada does this podcast find you? I am on a pristine lake north of Montreal in the Laurentian Mountains. The name of the lake is called Lake Echo. Echo. Lake Echo. Oh, it sounds beautiful. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. What was your vision for Bow Lake? And what made you think that there was a business opportunity here? Well, I wasn't thinking of a business opportunity at the moment of conception of this, this, this brand. In fact, I was actually sitting uh, on the dock of this lake, Lake Echo. Um, and uh, it was uh, a, kind of a hallmark thing. It sounds a little corny, but it's actually what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, early morning. Uh, sitting on the dock, you know, dangling my feet in the water, the mist, all that stuff. Um, and as often happens, just struck by the impossible beauty of it all, you know, feeling alone and, and one with nature. And then bang, moment was shattered. And uh, <laughs> I came around the corner, the bushes came this um, plastic pedal boat, you know, it was garish and it was yellow. And it really was an intrusion. And I looked kind of the moment was lost so i i thought about that over the next couple of weeks and i started noticing um, you know more and more cheaply made uh, kind of water toys they were kind of abundant and i did a little simple research and and it kind of led to the question the question was what if there were waterfront accessories that actually looked good and um and then what if there were products uh, scott that were inspired by nature rather than obscuring its beauty and again, did a little bit more research and I realized there was really no company, one company that was focused on waterside luxury and uh, there uh, at Bow Lake was born of that. Uh, and our vision uh, to answer your question is really to be the uh, go-to brand for um, luxury waterside experiences around the world. So what year was this? Well, this actually happened 20 years ago. 
And uh, I was, uh, I thought, okay, I got to do this. But then uh, I was building uh, an agency network and I was on my way and I was moving to New York City to open our New York City offices and then Amsterdam and blah, blah, blah. It was only years later after selling the company to WPP that I uh, revisited this idea. And um, it was still an empty gap uh, and an opportunity. And uh, this was, I guess, 2017. And we started selling our first products uh, in summer 2018. So we're relatively young. I mean, is, is luxury waterside recreation equipment really a high-end niche market? Or do you think there's potential, you know, to be something broader than that? Like, what is your business model? Well, we, you know, uh, the first idea is just to make beautiful products for, you know, customers who kind of appreciate um, design and craftsmanship. And, and therefore, you know, obviously we, we are in the higher price spectrum in, in our respective categories. Uh, but we are expanding um, from Waterside uh, toys into uh, lifestyle accessories. And so you'll be able to buy into the Bow Lake experience from, you know, as little as a $50 water bottle to a $20,000 boat. So, you know, I think it'll be a little bit more accessible, but we're, you know, definitely focused on, uh, on doing things, um, you know, you know, sort of upgrading the experience of, of the waterside experience. And your tagline for Bow Lake is the water is calling. And I've read that you refer to Bow Lake as a water company. Why does water matter enough to people to actually create a brand narrative around it? Well, you know, Bow Lake is a for-profit company and we have investors and we're focused on growth and all those good things. But essentially, Bow Lake has really a twofold mandate as, as far as I'm concerned. It's obviously to provide luxury waterside recreation products, but it's also to use this platform, Scott, to um, assist water charities with awareness and or like financial support. So the, the mantra I've written is the water is calling and the water is calling uh, you to play, to enjoy the water, swim, whatever. The water is also calling for some help. So whether it's cleaning up shorelines uh, with our partner Surfrider or, you know, providing fresh water in developing countries uh, is also part of our larger mandate and purpose in life. And uh, for example, uh, we're quite, quite excited about this. We're just launching um, uh, a Bow Lake water bottle. The world does not need another water bottle, but I think this may be of interest because yeah. for 50 bucks, <laughs> you get a bottle. A family of five gets water and proper sanitation for 20 years. And, and that's all managed by uh, Matt Damon's uh, charity, right. uh, water.org. Uh, and we're, we're looking for other ideas uh, to link our products to specific water causes. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a good way. I think, you know, taking care of water is, is just good business for us. We're in the water business. Yeah. And I know the water bottle is probably the least expensive of all the products you sell. So what is the current lineup of Bow Lake products, these waterside toys that you were talking about? Well, we have uh, currently in our quiver four uh, classic hardboards, uh, the Malibu, the Muskoka, the Tromblon, and the Rapid. And we are just launching an inflatable uh ISUP called the Newport. You know, all our products uh, are named after uh, lakes or bodies of water or bays. And uh, another uh, product. Wait, that's those, are, those are paddle boards, right? You no, know, those are all paddle boards, right. um, hard boards. And then we have finished prototyping um, a beautiful mahogany pedal boat 
um, and we're calling it the Saint Tropez because it's really been inspired by a, a pedal boat that was made in the 40s and 50s in the south of France, mm -hmm. and um, we we tested it on the, on this lake actually. Um, we have, I, I actually sold one to one neighbor, and then five other neighbors bought them. So I think there, I think there's an appeal for this. And I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done with this product because, you know, like I, I tell my friends, you know, there may be six vaccines in the world, but there's only one beautiful pedal boat and that's the Saint-Tropez. Oh, you know, uh, Scott, if someone could figure out how to help me get these beautiful pedal boats on Central Park Lake, um, that would be, that would, I, that's a dream. That would be beautiful for uh, Central Park as well. Um, and then also we're just launching a small collection of soft goods. So, you know, hats, shirts, and towels that we're just, getting into that market uh, right. slowly. Yeah. And it sounds like you're creating this Bow Lake lifestyle brand. So what is that lifestyle? How do you picture that Bow Lake lifestyle? Well, you know, it all started by the, you know, the, 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 the reimagining that the, the, um, the paddleboard. So, you know, we were inspired by those classic runabouts in the forties and fifties on Lake Tahoe, um, you know, up here in the Muskokas. And we just wanted to recreate that classic look. Um, so we developed a sort of a proprietary production process and, um, spent a lot of R and D in trying to, you know, perfect the quality and, and, and durability of these products. But, um, the Bolick experience is, um, an experience that uh, harks back to simpler times in the fifties, kind of a madman sort yeah. of feel to it. You know, when I first saw the Bolick products, the first thing I thought of is I could see Don Draper owning. Yeah. All of these products. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So the first collection, when you uh, created the first collection back in 2017, what was the process of creating it? Like, what was the process that you, you went through? Well, we, I worked with uh, two designers, uh, Lee Klein and uh, uh, um, another group of uh, designers. Steve Killing is a nautical boat maker. And, um, and now we're, we're working with a fabulous designer uh, out of Portland. Uh, Peter's in, and um, you know, design is very, very much part of the process, but manufacturing as well. Um, but the idea was, you know, the, you know, our our work, our sort of company is focused on design and marketing and manufacturing, and um, we outsource our manufacturing. Um, I don't want to create a huge manufacturing, but I do care. We all do care about the quality control, so we've hired. Um, fantastic uh, engineer, um, Dustin uh, Norland, who comes from uh, Rossiter Boats. And so, I, you know, just sort of craftsmen, people who love water. Um, I've got some really smart financial people that, you know, that understand supply um, and chain and, um, you know, just trying to populate a very small group of very highly talented people that can really, you know, take that vision and bring it to life in, in products that people will, will desire. So how was the, pro, you know, what was the process like creating those first pedal boats and uh, paddle boards? What, you mean the manufacturing process? Yeah, just the whole, you know, just the whole process from, you know, design and, um, you know, how long did the whole process take? And what were some well, of the, took, uh, you know, the rough patches that you hit? Oh, my rough patches, you know, <laughs> rough patches. There's been, a, there's been a lot of them. Um, well, because, you know, when, when you're doing something that hasn't been done before, uh, we had to work with manufacturers and we did a lot of testing and there was a lot of trial and error. 
uh, to get the kind of product. And we still think that we can enhance our, uh, our product. So it's basically working with designers and closely with manufacturers um, to try to bring that kind of pristine, kind of cool sort of high gloss, uh, beautiful wood finish um, um, to life in, in, in the first iteration of Bolek, which were, were paddle boards. Um, we also, you know, they have to be durable and they have to, they have to float <laughs> and they have to be light. And so there's some other issues that are challenging, but, you know, the group really came together and there was a lot of passion and, you know, we, we, we started with our uh, first couple of boards. They didn't sell very well. I mean, there were a lot of people wrote about them, but, you know, again, you know, what's very important in any launches is, um, creating awareness. Um, but fortunately, we were able to get, um, you know, a lot of earned media uh, through, you know, this companies like Wallpaper and, and Forbes and, and uh, Raw Report wrote some, some, some beautiful articles and that has helped us uh, grow. And uh, of course, my background is marketing and brand and um, I've been able to do uh, my part in this, uh, in this uh, with this team to really bring Bow Lake to life as a brand and um and to sort of uh, tell the narrative tell the story yeah and as a marketing veteran you know that you know many traditional companies don't release products without extensively testing every creative decision did you do any research around the market the consumer the concept the name the logo design any of those things before you launched um well Certainly, we took note of what was uh, trending in the waterside category, uh, Scott, but only to steer in the opposite direction. <laughs> it's like, because <laughs> if I had done focus groups and asked uh, what we should be doing, we would now be producing the kind of down market, cheaply made products currently flooding the market. And I would definitely not be on this show. Uh, instead, we focused on the gap. We focused on the gap in the luxury market uh, for waterside products. And uh, here's another thought, you know, I mean, I have a lot of experience in marketing, but, you know, marketing is important. I'm not dismissing it. Data and understanding and understanding consumer behavior uh, is very much part of the success of any launch. But you have to use intuition. You have to use your smarts. You know, research is a rational exercise, mm -hmm. whereas the luxury market is an emotional one. Right. Uh, have to you have to so you have to marry data with intuition you can you get confused there you have to have a point of view you know if you're coming out with a company with a, with a product or service you have to have a point of view you have to have a larger purpose and you have to do something that's different the world doesn't need more stuff the world needs uh, but the world is always open to uh, enhancing their 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 experience and definitely in the time of the pandemic and COVID, you know where there's been this exodus to uh, to nature, um, uh, there's been a need for the kind of products that we're selling. Uh, you know, I'm sad that about the pandemic, happy for the company. <laughs> right, like, right. We, we, there was a bit of more relevance there. And you know, the, the the thing that made me laugh last year is the uh, the real estate market, the new mantra, which is location, location, isolation. You know, and design seems to be the essence of all your products. It draws heavily from, you know, mid-century aesthetic, which we talked about, you know, that madman look and feel. Um, like what is the inspiration behind the design of Bow Lake's products? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a vintage look. Um, but, you know, with new manufacturing um, detailing, but it's, um, 
it's a look that brings together the you know the sort of authenticity of uh, essential materials: the wood, the chrome, the leather, and uh, but it also has that carefree spirit of a you know a simpler era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the result of what we're doing is classic and timeless, and we're going to keep our uh, focus on that. What is the main aspects that are taken into consideration during the whole design process? The design process is uh, is basically, you know, essentially bringing materials together in a way uh, that work. And I, I always come back to, you know, maybe the Bauhaus theory, which is, um, uh, what is it? It's function over form or... But the, the, the idea is that it has to work and has to it has to perform properly. But right. I do think that we have to marry those two things. So the 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 limitations of manufacturing, um, the need to have a, a you know a very a relatively with regards to the paddleboard itself, something that's very light. Um, where, where do the material could, where do the materials come from? We we use veneers of different woods, uh, wood veneers. We can't use wood. And where does the wood come from? Like where did do- the wood comes from Canada, and right. uh, we also have some uh, sent in from uh, from uh, Asia. Um, so the COVID nineteen pandemic highlighted, you know, really highlighted the importance of getting back to nature. You know, especially during periods of lockdown, it intensified our connection to the outdoors and an essential part of coping with things. Does that mindset play out? in the customers you've been speaking to over the last year? Oh, for sure, without a doubt. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of panic and there's, there's you know, for those who were able to flee uh, urban centers for, for nature uh, and escape to their cottages or beach houses or rent them or whatever, there was a, there was a, there was a definitely a demand for for leisure and toys and things like that. So there, the, you know, um, but there's also a mindset, you know, I wrote, we wrote a line at the height of the pandemic that really struck a chord, uh, which was, uh, you're never alone in nature. And uh, it's an experience that uh, if you if you uh, have the privilege of just being in nature, and, and I'm talking about the time when there was lockdown and, you know, there was, you know, people could move um, but when you're alone on a lake, uh, on a paddleboard or a canoe or a kayak or swimming or whatever, you really do have a connection with nature that is pretty spectacular. You're, you don't feel alone. You feel part of and part of something bigger. And uh, I think that's that's psychology has worked very well for um, our communications and what we think and what we believe in and how our products can enhance your waterside experience. We also wrote an interesting line with the, when the lockdown started closing and and uh, and um, opening up, I should say, and uh, we we just showed some of our beautiful products with the with the line that said "lockdown revenge." You know, now you can get you, now you can get out. You know, a lot of people you know who who are, are can purchase luxury. Um, we're not buying. You couldn't travel. You couldn't go to restaurants. So there was a lot of. Um, disposable income to spend on products like um, like Bow Lake and also for you know we know electric bikes and so on Uh, so people have been able and people have flocked to the outdoors and uh, that has become uh, a very popular pastime and uh, and a necessity for many in in this uh, pandemic so who does the brand appeal to you know what resonates with them with what you're doing is it more of the environmental angle 
Um, is it the lifestyle? Do they already own a cottage by the lake or a beach house? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. At the beginning, um, when thinking about the market, um, I, I took a, a larger view and just thought about the luxury market itself, which is a you know, $1.4 trillion market. And um, my belief is that many in that market will probably own or rent uh, a secondary home with access to beach or, or say a lakefront property. Everyone in that group is a potential Lake customer in my mind. So it's a vast, uh, large, uh, and definitely we are selling globally. So it, it, it is really, um, that target group is, is large. And I, if you, I didn't look at like, let's look at the paddleboard market and let's make paddleboards. It's like, let's look at the luxury market and look for people who want uh, discerning taste and, 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 and uh, are demanding of high design, high performance and uh, appeal to that. Now, with a bit of time, Scott, we've, we've learned, uh, you know, from who's buying our products. And I can say that specifically our target market uh, skews slightly male. Mm -hmm. And uh, the sweet spot is around 40 years old. And, you know, and luxury for this customer, at least my understanding and talking to our customers and trying to understand uh, what uh, is important to them. Um, this younger sort of luxury buyer is, it, 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 they're less about status, what I own, look what I have. They're more about um, experience and, and you know, self-expression. And I think Bolake fits that profile. Mm -hmm. You know, it's high design, it's high performance, uh, healthy lifestyle. Uh, it's also a non-motorized sport and that respects the environment. So there's, there's a, bunch of, a bunch of pillars there that seem to be tugging at, the, at this target group. The creation of desire, the process of longing and passionate imagining is really crucial to building a successful luxury brand. How does Bolay create that desire for something extraordinary? I think there's, you know, um, well, first of all, luxury is about heritage. Mm -hmm. It's about materials. It's about quality, uh, legacy, whatever. But it's more about uh, storytelling and, and narrative. And, and I think that's a very big part of why people understand the brands and the luxury brands they buy and, um, and how they connect with them, engage with them, and how they talk about them to their friends and online and offline. Uh, and our story is always and will always be just enhancing that waterside experience um, and being inspired and respectful of nature. Um, and there, you know, I, I, you know, when you, when people talk about our products, there, there's a sort of a visceral reaction, uh, to the polished, polished wood and the chrome, uh, in the products, the materials, it's just aspirational, I think for many, it's nostalgic for others, perhaps it, it doesn't leave people indifferent. You know, that's one thing I love. And this is the one thing that, you know, our design group focuses on it. If we're going to make something uh, or be part of a project, it has to be, wow. This is this is this is special, you know. This is this is different. This is um, you know, this is this is this is something that's touching me. It's I, I feel this thing. I see it, but I feel it, and I think that's something that that um, that we were trying to create with the products that we make. Of course, as an art director, original <laughs> born as an art director. <laughs> Uh, use the you know obviously I understand the the power of uh, photography and images and um, and the power of uh, Instagram and 
and Facebook. And um, I think we've, we've used these tools to create awareness and, and, uh, and appreciation of and curiosity to our brand. And, um, and also we've been working with partnerships uh, with Ulysses Arday and others uh, that have helped uh, expose our brand uh, as well. And in association with um, some of these luxury brands, uh, just by its association. We yeah, by the rub off. The rub off feel, yeah, you got it. So, you know, when you were running the taxi agency, you were responsible for both helping your clients build their brands and actually building your own agency's brand. Anything, anything different about your approach to building a consumer brand when it's your own versus when it's your ad agency's client? Well, it's interesting. I've worked on so many brands. I've just really had a fabulous ride. And I really enjoyed the career um, in design and advertising. And, um, and, you know, yeah, I've helped build and introduce a lot of big brands and, uh, and small ones too. And it's, it's great to, to create your own brand, you know? Um, and that's what uh, this, this project of Bolike is. It's about building my, you know, our own brand. I'll tell you a story, Scott. I, at the very early part of this building this brand, Bolake, I was on the phone with a creative director from a digital agency, and I caught myself saying, make the logo bigger. I said, damn, I'm a client. I'm a client. <laughs> um, and uh, that's a true story. I, I just said, oh, my God, now I know. Now I know what they were saying. I know the feeling. <laughs> but, you know, when I worked at, at Taxi, I, I wrote a mantra uh, for, the, for the company that was doubt the conventional create the exceptional it was always, always about challenging the, the status quo and it was extremely successful uh i believe uh, that we were able to with that kind of philosophy create a higher standard of work and we attracted i believe uh the main ingredient which was the people the workforce capable of delivering on that promise and i i, I draw on that uh I draw on that, you know, how can we challenge what's out there and how can we not just challenge it for challenge's sake, but how can we then take that um, energy and create something exceptional on the marketplace? So it's kind of like act two for me, you know, it's the same kind of philosophy is trying to yeah. make things better. The other thing I learned, I, I always sort of was always in the back of my mind was a question uh, to myself was, are you thinking big enough? you know, how can we make this special? And I still, and I still to this day use that. What has been some of the business or leadership lessons that stand out to you from Taxi that you've applied to growing Bowlake? It's really about pulling back, looking at the marketplace, looking at the consumer, understanding um, what's out there and challenging uh, stereotypes and conventions and um, and, and doing it in a, in a way that we can make something absolutely exceptional uh, and doing it differently. Being different is, is a huge advantage uh, for a brand, um, especially a, a challenging brand like ours. So while creating the company structure, you know, many successful entrepreneurs referenced other successful companies who have progressed with the same sort of structure that they were looking for. And I've read Warby Parker founders referenced Zappos for customer service and Apple for product design. Do you borrow from any other successful businesses and interpret whatever they're doing and make it yours? Well, for sure. I mean, you know, um, there's so many interesting, compelling, smart entrepreneurs out there and they have uh, inspired us by what they've been able to accomplish. 
and what uh, what they've said. Um, but I have to say my uh, my favorite uh, sort of quote from an entrepreneur and something I use definitely uh, at Bow Lake with our crew is something that Steve Jobs once said. He said, uh, let's make a dent in the universe. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of repurposed it, Scott, but I've replaced the word dent uh, with the word ripple because it's more relevant. But Bow Lake has, has big ambitions and you know, to be a global reference for waterside luxury and to and to bring attention to the plight of water. Uh, if we can achieve that, well, we will make a ripple in the universe. And it's a great objective for the people who are working with us um, to do bigger things. And I think a company needs to have clear, specific tasks, but it has to have a larger purpose. And that's our purpose. Um, and uh, if we do that, as I said, we will make a ripple in the universe. And it's some, something to look forward to, to strive for. And just before you talking about you know, your collaboration with Elise Naudon, the Swiss watch maker, you know, their roots are essentially in the world of marine watches. So tell us about that partnership with this luxury brand and what values do you look for when you collaborate with a brand? Yeah, that was a very successful uh, collaboration uh, for both companies. I'm very, very happy that we did that. Um, Ulysses Naudon, well, first of all, it's a very impressive company. It has a beautiful pedigree. It has a a water pedigree, if you like, with its uh, diver watches. Um, Philippe and Francois Xavier are doing uh, an excellent job there. Mm -hmm. uh, really, you know, taking a little of the dust off that brand and bringing it in, into relevance. I think it's always been a successful brand, but I think it's more successful with them at the helm. But, you know, choosing a partner to your question, uh, Scott, it, it, you know, it starts by cho choosing uh, companies that have common traits and common common objectives. In the case of Ulysses Nardane, we there were many. First of all, I'm a customer, so I believe in the product. If I have the product, if I have the watch, then I have the, you know, I'm already a fan and, and I think they're, they're, that says a lot, but they're also their attention to detail and craftsmanship. Uh, they're, they're disruptors of, of sorts and we are too. And and they love and respect water. But I also love their anchor logo. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Which looks great on our paddleboard. You know, I, you know, we work with other companies and they ask us, hey, can you, can you know, uh, can you put the uh, logo on? And we don't put logos on our boards. We're not like a Formula One car. And I think by putting <laughs> the logos on, you kind of, you kind of, you know, uh, neutralize that, uh, the, the aspect of the classic, uh, you know, sort of mid-century design and stuff like that typography, typography on that board also adds to it. So we can't do that. And, uh, but the Lucine Ardant logo has got an anchor on it. It looks cool and it looked great on our, and on our paddle board. So we, um, we, uh, we, you know, it was a good fit. And those watches, uh, it was a small line of watches. I think they sold out in 24 hours. The board. That's what so, I heard. yeah, and uh, I was proud to see a picture um, at Wempy in uh, on, on Fifth Avenue this morning. Actually, somebody sent me a picture of our board with uh, in their show showroom with uh, with the uh, USC Nardini watch. It was quite impressive. So, what can we expect from Bow Lake in the coming year as you build out this Bow Lake lifestyle? You have anything else? That you could share. Well, yeah, yes, the Adirondack chair we made is um, is uh, was sold out, and um, but you know I think we can do better. 
I think we do better with that chair and we've actually hired a designer and we're um, working on designs now and we're really trying to get this uh, out to probably be making them in the US actually. Um, and we're quite excited about that, quite excited about that. And as soon as I can, I, I will definitely share with you. Well, the goal remains the same for us in the next year or two, as you know, uh, as I had on that doc experience is upgrade the, anything we, we feel that we can bring to market, accessories and toys, uh, and in surprising ways. Um, we're really focusing on quality in manufacturing. Um, we're uh, focused on uh, producing uh, more and more of our products in Canada, in the US, in North America, if you like. Always, you know, the job of increasing awareness uh, is important. I think that that's going to be, that's always on the agenda every day. Continually make friends with luxury brands uh, with the common traits like Ulysses and Ardain. We also work with uh, Safe Harbor uh, as, a, as a partner. Safe Harbor is the largest marine operator in the world, mm -hmm. based in the US. And um, we also uh, are investing a lot in R&D. So our goal really is for 2022 is to have, and we're committed to doing this, uh, is to reinvent the paddleboard and make it as more sustainable than it has ever been. If it can be 100% sustainable, it will be. And I think that's very much part of it. So continually beautiful aesthetic and uh, performance uh, values. But I think there's, there's work to do with the with the paddleboard and, um, and I'd even say the surfboard market um, in, in trying to make products that if they're being inspired by nature, they should be destroying nature. So that is a huge agenda. It'll always be on our agenda for the, for the as long as this company exists, but we're, we're, um, we're working on that uh, right now. And we're quite excited about that. The other thing is, you know, distribution, we're an online, selling company scott but we've we've opened up to and we're in discussions with the distributors um to uh to just open up our market and so you know so that's it you know it's a, it's about when you say open the up the market where 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 are most of your customers from north america uh yeah i'd say you know uh i'd say a i'd say about 85 percent of our customers are north american based but we have them all over the world we have them in Dubai, we have them in Europe, uh, all over the place. But what we don't have now is a proper distribution and uh, manufacturing uh, partner in Europe. And uh, we're working on that as well. So that's part of the bigger conversation of distribution. I mean, people love our boards and they buy them, but they're very expensive to ship. They're big boards, especially right. the hardboard. Um, I think the, uh, the new ISUP, which we're really excited about, uh, is easier to ship. We can FedEx it, but the big boards take special delivery uh, companies, and uh, they're very, uh, very expensive to deliver. And so, but we're going to fix that. You know, there's desire. We know there's a desire there, um, but we also we want to focus on the essential to get this company up and and running and have a strong foundation. We're going to focus for sure in the next year uh, on North America. So, before you're talking about um, Olake putting a ripple in the world. Um, you know, you said in an interview several years ago, in our own little way, we should all be making a ripple. You know, take something that is truly Canada and transform it into beautifully designed products that are authentic and are recognized as Canadian. People already have impressions of Canada, nature, vast, majestic, and I think those will work well with Bow Lake. Are you starting to see that ripple effect? 
Well, yes, I think the you know I think the relationship to our our country Canada is helping our product, and I'll tell you why. You know, the relationship between country of origin and product can actually enhance a brand's performance and uh, its credibility on the market. I'll give you an example: Swiss punctuality translates into beautiful quality Swiss watches. You know, G German engineering. You know, into can you know, car manufacturing. Um, so when you see a car, it's made in Germany. You go, that must be a great car. You see a watch, no, Swiss, mm, great. When it comes to Canada, there's a bit of a blank. You know, we're not makers of things. We just ship raw. You know, we, you know, and and you're making a reference to a, a, a conversation I had at a think tank where I was trying to get the Canadians and the government to start thinking about how maybe. Uh, brands can help tell uh, our story and create some awareness uh, of our country. But back to Bow Lake, you know, uh, I use Canada for sure. I mean, Canada has more lakes than all the countries in the world combined. Yeah. You know, it has, uh, uh, it has a leaf on its flag. So it makes sense for, as the origin of a luxury brand like Bow Lake, uh, that is enjoyed on water and invested in the environment. So I think there's a connection there that makes sense. Um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not necessarily a flag wave waving person. Uh, I'm focused on our product and I'm focused on our customers that happen to be all over the world. But I know that, you know, we, we love Italian leather and it's because it's made in Italy. It's not made in China. You know, it's, uh, we, 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 the connection between where you're, uh, where you're from and uh, what you're making uh, there is a connection there, and I think that's important to, um, you know, to, 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 to make that connection, uh, not only on how you make your products, but how you communicate that to your, uh, your customer. So my final question, Paul, is the luxury item question. I've, I've been, um, I couldn't wait to ask you this because it's water related. So if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you, what would that luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation, and it can't have any products by Bow Lake that move in the water or anything that requires mobile service. So what would that one luxury item be? I think you should do a podcast of all the answers of that question. In oh, there's been some really good ones. Oh, yeah. Well, I listened to a couple of them. They're fantastic. And it's a... Uh... It's a great, great question. Anyway, congratulations on that. I like that. I like good questions. So here it is. If I'm stranded on a desert island, Scott, the one luxury item that I would cherish the most would be something that is very, very rare. It is so rare that most of the world's population can't have it. They can't even buy it. And no, but it's, it's, it's really, it's the recipe for luxury. It's it's inventory inventory is diminishing therefore its value is rising and that happens every day so something i would really appreciate on my desert island and something that uh, that something would be fresh water that's the world's true luxury and it's the one that bow lake is committed to preserve you're such a brand guy so it, the water that would be surrounding <laughs> you would be would be Fresh water. You know, if, if all the water around was was uh, was fresh water, is that what you're saying? Then, uh, no, yeah, I would I would take fresh water all around me. I would. That's that's the the one that's the one luxury I would want. And it's also it's very functional. Probably survive on my little island with it. See, what people don't see water as a luxury, but it really is. It really is diminishing. It's really 
inaccessible to 30% of the population. And, uh, uh, you know, our shores are, you know, are, are getting full of garbage. The oceans are full of plastic. I mean, you know, I think that uh, it's good business, like I said, and the two large, the, the most important luxury. I mean, look at the lakes that are evaporating all over right. the world. It's a luxury. Paul Lavoie, co-founder and CEO of Bow Lake. Thank you so much for joining me on The Luxury Item. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure. That's it for this episode of The Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.